What's up, everybody? Welcome to It's Not That Terrible, the podcast where I, Zach Brown, sit down with my co-host. Morgan Highslip. What's up, Morgan? And we're going to talk about terrible movies that still deserve the love. And this week, guys, we did the 2002 classic Scooby-Doo starring Matthew Lillard as the perfect Shaggy. And then, like, the entire Truly the perfect Shaggy. (laughs) He is the best Shaggy. But let's go ahead and get some facts out of the way first for the movie. Uh, Directed by Raja Gosnell. And I looked up this guy. I had never heard his name before. Mm-hmm. He directed Smurfs 1 and 2. No. Beverly Hills Chihuahua and Home Alone 3. Oh, you know, that's kind of perfect because there is a Smurfs reference in this movie along with like a dozen other Hanna-Barbera jokes. Yeah, I was just like, this guy directed just garbage and then Scooby-Doo. So it's kind of an <laughs> odd, odd thing. I looked hey, up on his Wikipedia. <laughs> I take offense to that because Home Alone 3 is pretty good. Ooh. Oh, dude! Shout out the- to my kid. Uh, what's his name? He was in Max Keeble's Big Move, um, which is I also an actual kid. And I was like, "Why are you no. your kid?" <laughs> so no, not shout out to my kid who thought Scooby Doo last night was hilarious for all of the fart jokes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, what's the guy's name? Oh man, I'll come back to it later. The kid from Max Keeble. Go watch Max Keeble when it comes to Disney Plus, guys. I'll let you continue, Zach. But so I looked up this guy on Wikipedia, Raja Gosnell, and his Wikipedia entry says, best known for directing studio comedies and family films like Home Alone 3, Never Been Kissed, Big Mama's House, <laughs> Scooby Doo, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, The Smurfs, and most recently Show Dogs, each of which received mixed or negative reviews from critics. <laughs> Wikipedia <laughs> is just calling this guy out for being shit at his job. No, they're calling him out for being consistent at his job. <laughs> consistently ass (laughs) you gotta be consistent in something yeah and so when it comes to the ratings of this movie on rotten tomatoes it had a 30 percent, which i think is atrocious Mm -hmm. and then on imdb it had a five out of ten which okay i mean imdb i guess but the rotten tomato scores 30 percent of critics thought this was a good movie which is ridiculous honestly i think 30 percent. like if you put it into perspective 30 percent of critics thought this was a good movie Sure. All right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but as far as like, I don't know, like if we were comparing it to like last week's episode with Spy Kids, like I was telling you pre-show, like last week I took extensive notes on Spy Kids because it was so easy to roast. I had like three pages. Now, Scooby-Doo, I was never like a huge Scooby-Doo kid, I guess, but this movie totally captures the embodiment, the humor, and I mean, everything about Scooby-Doo, I guess in like all the goofy right ways. And so, like, whenever I was watching it, like, I couldn't even roast it. So, like, this was a bad pick for our show. I'm going to say that. <laughs> but, like, because this is, like, a genuine, I think it's a genuinely pretty good movie. But. Yeah, my notes are, like, basically just me talking about, like, it's not me roasting it like what's with Spike Kids. It's a lot of me just, like, pointing out things I think are awesome. Yeah. And then a few parts, it's like, are you kidding me this part? But, like, mainly yeah. it's all pretty positive stuff. Yeah, and I think even, like, even for the time, I mean, I guess, like, 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, like, if you phrase it that way, it does sound super negative because, it. I mean, I think the movie deserves a little bit more credit for what it was doing, like, in 2001, but, you know, every, everyone, everyone's, uh, everyone's a critic. Everyone's a critic. <laughs> and now, I want to go, Morgan, what is your history with this movie? Because I have a great story, but I want to wait till I actually tell it. Yeah, I mean... I have a long history of this movie. I saw it in theaters. Um, my, I was, I had to be six at the time. So, 
yeah, my mom my mom took me to see this in theaters. I had a blast. Um, I think I saw this one and Scooby Doo Two, uh, in theaters. Um, I loved that. Like, I love like thinking back to this movie. Like we talked last week, you asked me um, who like the band that was featured on like who uh, does a guest cameo uh, was Sugar Ray. Like I love being able to like go back in time, and or just go back in my head and just be like, no, dude, I totally like I totally knew Sugar Ray whenever I was like six years old because that's what I listened to. Like like even back then, like that's what I listened to. And so like I can like I connected to this movie a lot back then. And I connect even more now because, I mean, as a six-year-old, I didn't understand any of, like, the terrible um, reefer jokes or anything like that. And oh, so, my God. There are so many. There are so many. And so, like, I always, like, always say, like, back in the day, I never knew that um, – I never knew that GTA was so, like – um, grotesque, like, in its language, and, like, very, like, I mean, very R-rated language, because I always, like, as a kid, I grew up playing those games, but I never, I grew up playing some games with no, like, with no, like, sound. I was, like, listening to soundtracks and stuff. And so, like, growing up and, like, realizing Grand Theft Auto Five, like, fuck is a word every four seconds, and then <laughs> growing up and watching Scooby-Doo and, like, seeing all these reefer jokes, it's just, like, eye-opening. And I did just make a comparison from Scooby-Doo to Grand Theft Auto Five, So here we are. <laughs> yeah, when it came to me in this movie, so, like, it came out in 2002, I grew up as a, like, my parents, I watched Scooby-Doo, like, my entire childhood. Mm -hmm. So my parents took a small two-year-old Zach to see this in theaters and Hell I had yeah. to be carried out midway through because I was screaming and crying. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, my parents always give me crap because they had to carry me out of this movie in 2002 because I was so terrified. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is like I it took me forever to get Aiden to watch this movie with me. Hi everybody, I have a three year old son. His name's Aiden. He's great. Um, he. <laughs> He did not want to watch it, and I was like, but Aiden, it's scary. And as soon as I told him it was going to be scary, he was like, hell yeah, count me in. <laughs> yeah, and with, with Scooby-Doo 2, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, might I add, I remember sitting right. outside the theater with my mom and my cousin to go see it because we got there so early we couldn't get in the theater yet. But, like, Scooby-Doo is, like, my lifeblood. My dad and I spent probably six years trying to beat Scooby-Doo and the Night of a Thousand Frights on PS2 because we couldn't beat the final boss. Turns oh. out he had to jump on his head. That was all he had to do. <laughs> no, just to jump on his head to beat him, and we couldn't figure that out. So yeah, pro gamer strats. Yeah. But Scooby-Doo, I think, is one of... It's it's such a fun movie. Like, it is a fun movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I now, agree. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into the plot, because yeah, I've got a whole lot of notes. <laughs> let's go. So the movie opens up with the Warner Brothers like logo, and then you hear Scooby as his all-seeing self laughs at the logo takes a big old bite of it and then it turns into the scooby-doo like dog tag which i thought was yeah a weird thing and then we yeah. hear i'm pretty sure this is shaggy singing or like oh, playing the opening song like shaggy the artist not matthew lillard mm -hmm. i have to look real quick to make sure but i'm pretty sure it was shaggy yeah shaggy play, performs the theme song oh that's so good and then we get a title card with Scooby-Doo written in ghostly text in front of the WoW Toy Factory. And then we see the case of the Luna Ghost. And this is also a moment that scared the hell out of me because this ghost is terrifying. 
it is like the scariest face i can't agree <laughs> but like n- like no joke like i i love the costume design of this ghost because it looks like uh it looks like a haunted stick of uh mozzarella cheese <laughs> <laughs> And so I love I love to think about two year old Zach sitting in a theater freaking the fuck out. Oh, dude! <laughs> over I fuck out. It is so scary. That makes it so much better to me. <laughs> and then we see the Luna Ghost come flying through a wall of toys, and he's holding Daphne in his arms, played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, who is like '90s god. She's a yeah. '90s god. This yep. movie's just full of '90s actors. Oh yeah, in 2002. Like, we've got Matthew Lillard from Scream, who is mm-hmm. the best Shaggy. We've yes. got Freddie Prince Jr. as Fred, who is just great. Sarah Michelle Gellar as Daphne. And then Linda Cardellini as oh. uh, Velma, who is a great Velma. Oh, such a good Velma. And, like, what's funny is, like, I also grew up watching Freaks and Geeks as a kid, too. I love Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks, if, if you're listening and you have not seen Freaks and Geeks, please go watch it. It is such a good show. It's one of it's one of James Franco and Seth Rogen's first like first gigs. So many, so many of like so much of that cast is like so like so famous now. And I mean, what like the main character directed Spider Man Homecoming. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the like one of the main cast members, his best friend, is their teacher. So yeah, go check out Freaks and Geeks. It's such a good show. And Linda Cardellini. In this movie, I've always had a crush on Velma, but man, like, God bless Linda Cardellini. And then we get probably the first scene that kind of shows how extremely horny this movie is. Because, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> this movie yeah. is, like, horny to a max. Unapologetic, so. Oh, 100%. When we have Daphne yelling, now I have a wedgie, and the ghost keeps grabbing my ass. Oh, yeah. Like, That's I'm just not like, wow, cool. this movie just goes for it. Yeah. Uh, I want to bring up Morgan. Do you know who wrote this movie? No, I didn't even pay attention to the credits. James Gunn wrote this movie. You're fucking joking. No, I am 100% James Gunn wrote this movie. And I have it here, a Vanity Fair article from like 2000 and... I don't have a date on it. I think it's 2014. Yeah, 2017. Where James Gunn in an interview said the original take of the movie was rated R. Oh, see, but, and that makes so much sense, like, why so much of this comedy works. Like, mm-hmm. man, like, because this movie's genuinely funny, like, all the way through. Yeah, he says, like, the first cut was rated R by the MPAA, and the female star's cleavage was CGI'd away, so as not to offend. Oh, If they God. CGI'd the cleavage in this movie, yeah. it must have been grotesque in the original cut. Yeah. holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, because like what, like midway through, like Velma ditches the sweater for like a for like a V neck, and I'm like, and it's very uh, given, like it makes sense, like within like the character's arc, but like, yeah, they definitely didn't, mm, yeah, they did, they they did not CGI out enough. <laughs> no, <laughs> and then we get the first scene with Scooby and Shaggy of them inside of a barrel, which is just like it's just Scooby Doo in a nutshell. Like it is a perfect yeah. Scooby Doo live action scene. That I have here, Matthew Lillard's a perfect Shaggy. That's still true. True. Um, we see Velma on top of like a scaffolding, trying to trap the the monster while talking to Fred, who's being a complete dickhead because Fred's an asshole in this movie. Yeah. And then we see Velma do a Gwen Stacy and fall and have her foot grabbed by a chain. Oh. She probably should have died in this scene. <laughs> she didn't break her back though. She's good. She's not Gwen. She's and Mary then we Jane. Have yeah, she's Mary Jane, not Gwen. She's in yeah, pop her head on the ground when she falls. Oh. 
and then we have the ghost chasing Scooby and Shaggy as they ride on a skateboard. I have here Shaggy is Tony Hawk on that conveyor belt. <laughs> we have a weird Scooby-Doo Dude, on a skateboard scene. He hits that 50-50 so hard. <laughs> like, oh, man. Like, I want to know who actually did those tricks because that 50-50 was sick. Um, and then we have them actually catching the ghost finally. It takes a – there's a little bit of a chase scene. It's kind of cool, but – then the mystery machine comes driving through the wall, and inside is Pamela Anderson. <laughs> Another uh, yep. weird cameo in this movie. Like, but makes we have, so much sense for 2002, though. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It has a like, perfect cameo, but it's just so odd in retrospect. It's so weird. And then we have the unmasking of the, uh, the ghost, who is the creepy janitor. Mm-hmm. Old Man Smithers. He is, yes, he's upset at Pamela Anderson for not being his lover. And he says the line, why why not, Pamela? I'm a lover boy of George Clooney in proportion. This is the second. I'm so glad you put this in your notes because I did not write this down last night like I should have. This show better not become like a series of George Clooney jokes each episode. Like <laughs> It's just two in a row, man. It's, it's just shocking. two. It's two in a row. Like, and it's both from like the same time period. I don't even know if George Clooney was like peaking that hard in the early 2000s but oh 100 er was in oh high stride. shit yeah you're right yeah that makes sense but like come on man we don't need more george clooney y'all give us rob <laughs> thomas that's who we need oh my god some more matchbox and then we hear an orchestral an orchestral version of the theme which is actually kind of cool mm-hmm. like it's really small it's kind of like the spider-man homecoming orchestral theme with the original theme yep but it sounds really cool it's very good um we get our first reference to uh, Fred's ascot, which apparently Freddie Prince Jr. absolutely hated wearing on set. Like, he uh, hated wearing the ascot. I bet it choked the hell out of him and made him sweat like a dog. Yeah, and then we get outside, and the team starts arguing over how their roles are all stereotyped. Mm-hmm. So they all quit, which is a kind of a depressing scene. Like, Scooby and Shaggy are sad boys. Yeah, like, they're the only ones, like, trying to keep the family together, and it really sucks because, like... While the movie definitely does call out the stereotypes and become very self-aware, like, within the first maybe ten minutes, it sucks because you kind of see, like, I don't know, you kind of see, like, Shaggy and Scooby, like, work as the the glue to this whole thing, and no one seems to give a shit about them. And yeah, that kind of becomes, like, a recurring theme throughout the movie, like, like, Shaggy and Scooby are, like, so selfless and, like, loving and, like, but everyone's just kind of, like, so wrapped up in their own, like, personal problems with each other. Which, I mean, I think everybody's valid for hating Fred the way that they do, but. Yeah, that's kind of a theme for the entire series. Yeah. For both movies is that Shaggy and Scooby are, like, the glue. Yeah. I remember the final scene in the second movie is Shaggy, or Scooby sh- saving everyone. That's true. Because everyone's dying. And it's just a, kind of a, a odd choice for the series, but it's kind of cool. Yeah, well, it makes. kind of use them as, like, the glue. Yeah, and it makes them the heart. And I think it works. I, I think it makes I think this it makes this movie like so much better for sure. Matthew Lillard can sure act against a CGI character, that's for sure. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That, that was, was cool really impressive. Yeah. And then we go from the Toy Factory to a two year later title card, and we get our first um, marijuana fake out, where we see <laughs> Shaggy and Scooby on a beach inside the Mystery Machine with smoke coming out the top, and you hear you hear uh, Shaggy go. Talk about toasted. <laughs> I never caught real... that joke till now. Yeah, and he's like, never this is some joke. real primo. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> he's talking about weed. 
But yeah, it's and I will say the food in this looks so gross. I don't like, know. Like the food looks be- looks very good to me, but then they describe it, and then I'm like, no, nah, that's okay. <laughs> like keep the chocolate sauce off the eggplant burger, dude. And then we have a, a fake out where we think it's the cops trying to get Scoobered, Scoober <laughs> Doo, and Shaggy out of the out of the uh, van. So they go out the side door of the van, which is not a great plan because that yeah. door is a very big door that opens up in the, into the beach. No one will see us. And then we oh yeah, no one will see him from the big ass yeah. door on the side of the van. <laughs> and then we uh, meet an assistant for Emil Mondavarius, mm-hmm. which is a fucking name. That is a name. <laughs> Was it Fred at one point calls him mononucleus? <laughs> yes, I have it written down later. <laughs> Mr. Mononucleus. Uh, and then he's trying to explain to Shaggy and Scooby that uh, Mondavarius wants them to come on to Spooky Island, in which Shaggy says, no, we don't go on islands, or we don't go places that are described as spooky, named a few more things. And then S- Scooby goes, or hydrochloric. Hydrocolonic. Hydrocolonic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that is yeah. Why did that? See, I guess like that's that's the hint of James Gunn. In this yeah, movie. that's definitely a James. <laughs> that's a Jackson Pollock joke in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy level James Gunn. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we cut from that to them at the airport. I just hit my mic and threw it everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> we. Uh, this is a professional a podcast. Yeah, very professionals. I just about threw my mic off the table. <laughs> And then we get a cut to uh, all of them arriving at the airport. We see Fred in his ascot and extremely 60s-based outfit. Like mm-hmm. I do like how they, they try to modernize their outfits for yep. the movie, but they still have that touch of like mid-70s, like when the, sh- the cartoon was airing. Yeah, and also like they did a good job of like uh, Fred going from like the shaggy hair to like the clean-cut sort of thing to even make it even more modern in the time jump. It helped a lot too. Yeah, and then we um, Fred meets up with Velma, and he talks about his new book, Fred on Fred: The Many Faces of Me. <laughs> yeah, which they just they really dig into this Fred being like a pompous asshole thing for the beginning of the film. Yeah, which is kind of cool because like you can definitely tell in the in the cartoon like Fred's the leader and kind of an asshole. Yeah, um, and I mean, and the cartoon doesn't take it very seriously, so I'm sure like going back and like if James Gunn was like writing this movie and like sort like going back to the reference material he's probably just like yeah like fred is kind of like a pompous dick and kind of egotistical and so like it would make sense for like if this was this movie's almost mm, it's almost satirical to the cartoon in a weird way if that's even the right word it is 100 like a satire of the original cartoon you can tell that in some things yeah um, and then we see Sarah Michelle Gellar's uh, Daphne trying to check in with her 90 bags of carry-on. Yeah. Which, like, this movie's post-9-11. Like, it should be very oh obvious that you cannot bring that many things onto a plane. Oh, my God. Like, it's 2002. You can yeah. see the security line in the back. So it should be very obvious that she can't take that stuff on the plane. Like, she should know by now. Yeah, we won't even get started on the way the actual plane looks on the inside. Either. Oh, my God. That's that not a plane. That me away. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a real plane. <laughs> and so we get Sharon Michelle Geller talking about how her body is a temple because mm-hmm. she has been training in karate to no longer be her Daphne stereotype, which is a cool. It's a cool thing. Like it, yeah, give us the empowered Daphne. Yeah, I'm all for um, it. Um, and then Shaggy shows up with a cool jacket on. His jacket's very cool and it is fluffy. And I dig and his corduroy get... pants. Oh, what? dude, the corduroy pants are great. 
They really are. I want some corduroy pants. If anybody has a hookup, let me know for real. <laughs> then we see Grandma. The best disguise for Scooby-Doo as Grandma. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> Why? And everybody buys it, and everybody's, like, whistling. Yeah. Like, they want to, like, they want to, you know, like, they want to get in there. But, like, it's... That's weird. Like, and all the kids are, like, horrified, and, like, the mom is, like, covering, like, covering the kids' faces. So, it makes me wonder, like, what was, now that you say that this was supposed to be rated R, what was that scene supposed to be? Well, here's another thing. Aren't they famous? Like, aren't... Oh, yeah. And, like... Mr. Inc. famous? Why are they having an issue getting the dog on the plane? Yeah, and why does everything, everybody thinks Scooby-Doo's hot? Yeah, that's another thing. That's another good question. Yeah. And then we actually get onto the plane, and this plane is just full of Barrett Courtney clones. <laughs> <laughs> it is just Barrett Courtney in every single seat, and I hope he hears and yells at me. But um, then we get our first glimpse at Isla Fisher in this movie, which yeah. Isla Fisher is one of the actresses that like I've seen her and stuff, like Hot Rod, obviously. Yeah, but she is like not at the top of any list, but she's a fun act. I like her the character in the movie a lot. Yeah, I do too. I think she did a good job. And her I mean, name being Mary Jane is excellent. <laughs> and that's also like one of the first things that like I was like, man, they they drove this harder than like I ever could have imagined. But all right, like shout out to James Gunn for doing that because I'm sure there are plenty of references like that in like in some version of the cartoon. Um, because Shaggy is very very much supposed to be a stoner in the cartoon, so I'm glad they played that up here. And I thought I had when she sits down with uh, Shaggy and Scooby, mm-hmm. and they make Scooby go away because she's allergic to dogs, which yeah. is like a, a weird thing they do in the movie. I think it's just for this one scene, but they keep it through the entire movie of her being allergic to dogs. Yeah. But she's eating Scooby snacks, which are dog treats. But they're ve- but they're vegetarian, as she says. Yes. Yes. Um, are Scooby snacks named after Scooby Doo? Dude, is that ever said? This is such like this is this question is almost existential. Like, I have no idea. I, but I've always wondered that as a kid, too. But, well, I guess if they're that famous, then sure. So but she would why, wouldn't she, why wouldn't she recognize um, Shaggy? Yeah, that's another thing. It's like, it's very odd the way they, they set it up. Yeah, there's a lot of Scooby's weird next. things. but. Uh, so Shaggy sends Scooby back to sit with Velma, Fred, and Daphne. Um, there's a cat. Scooby, or Scooby starts freaking out over this cat. Fred flicks Scooby in the nose to stop doing that, and then Scooby gives Fred a hard right hook. Like, Scooby knocks Fred the fuck out on this, on this airplane. And then we get a shot of the plane on the outside, and you hear uh, Shaggy yell, no, Grandma, not the kidney. At that point, you can break the facade and just say, no, Scoob, don't eat the cat. Yeah, like, I don't know why Shaggy's committing to this bit as if he could possibly get thrown off this plane now that he has this giant dog. Yeah, um, and then we make it to the island. The set for the island's really cool. I like the the wide shots of the island. It's a cool design. Let's like pause real quick. The set design for this entire movie is oh, very so good. good. It is. I have it written. I have it written down a few times. It's so cool. It's so good. Like consistently. Like I like every time. Like they're in a close space. Like later on, we'll get to a certain uh, certain place. But, like, every time, like, they're in an enclosed area, it's just like, damn, like, whoever did the set design for this just, like, crushed it. Like, really. Uh, it's it's yeah, very it's, it's good. It's very Scooby-Doo. It's very Scooby-Doo. Yes. The set design is. 
Yeah. Um, and then we meet Mr. Mon- Mononucleus, Mr. Mondanarius, uh, <laughs> Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Yeah. Fucking Bean. Yeah, Mr. Bean, dude. Johnny English himself. Um, and he explains to them he's had him on the island to uh, try to figure out what's going on with the people who are leaving the island being very weird and, like, aggressive. Yeah. Uh, he's wearing a beautiful sequin. I think it's sequin jacket. I can't oh, yeah. tell for sure, but the jacket is very sparkly. Mm-hmm. And then we see a scene where um, the people who are leaving the island to get back onto the plane or whatever, uh, a person coming on the island talks to their friend in line, and the friend goes, are you tricking on me? Back off my grill, son, and then chucks him across the island. Man, I love... This is love... kind of our first... <laughs> it's very weird. It's very weird dialogue, but like, it's explained, yeah, yeah. but it is weird. <laughs> I love, I love, like, the super... I love really cringy things, and so like the attempt at like modern, <laughs> modern slang on these kids is so good. It just it gets a laugh out of me every time. Yeah, this is kind of our first thing we see. If there's something wrong about the island, but it's not with the island itself. People leaving the island. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a cool little mystery. What's going on? Um, then we cut to all of them splitting up, and Velma goes to the ritual space. Looks like a Disney set it's very yeah. like it's a big circle with a ritual fire in the middle um we meet the bad guy from indiana jones too it looks like the temple of doom guy <laughs> yeah, i think it is who was wearing a, wearing a very obvious lavalier microphone on his shirt don't even try to hide it like he's some mystical man with powers just yeah. a big old lav microphone on his shirt um, well, and then i we think see the whole Zarko's- thing is supposed to be a bit right i i thought but like the lav mic really threw me off like my eyes are drawn to it. it might just be me in my background, but like I saw a lavalier mic. I'm like, huh, you that's would. not a great design. Uh, we meet Zarkos, the wrestler who was an antagonist to the entire film, as seen on Telenova, on Telenova which was yeah. A I weird don't know. Thing. Yeah, why did they need like why did they need like multiple luchadors in this movie? <laughs> like, there's not just one. There are there are more than one. Oh, yeah. There's there so many like, luchador, but like he's like the main bad guy, but it's so weird. It's so strange. Um, we see Velma kind of being a smartass and breaking the entire illusion because there's a holographic projector that makes the monster appear in the fire. But I don't know if that is how holographic projectors even work or if they're even real. Because no. like well, yeah. a three that 3D image in the fire is weird. We also learn in this scene that there is an ancient curse on the island of these monsters look like alien dogs that used to roam the island that are now angry. Um, And then we cut to what Scooby and Shaggy are doing as they are walking around this like Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville bar area, which is pretty (laughs) cool. Uh, There's a dope as hell skull like disco ball. Yeah, that comes. I don't know how the light. Yeah, that's a that's a cool thing. Um, Yeah, someone calls out. I do. I want one so bad. Someone calls out for a Mr. Do, and then we get our first appearance of Melvin Do. Melvin Do is important. <laughs> yeah, Melvin's very important in the movie. Um, and then we find out that someone's waiting in the woods with has hamburger. Scooby, it is a trap. In case you can't tell by the terrible phone call. Um, and then we get a us... hamburgers for you. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Scooby sent out by himself into the woods. Which is totally against the Scooby-Doo character himself. Mm-hmm. That's not important for now. 
Um, and then we get a scene with Mary Jane and Shaggy as they're trying to catch something in a, a claw machine. I wouldn't mention this scene normally, but there is an ABBA reference. Whenever uh, Shaggy is talking about how he never took uh, French, and he mentions the great Dude. ABBA song, Le yes. <laughs> That line. That's like one of the things, like watching this movie as a 25-year-old, he said that, and I was just like, I laughed so fucking hard. Because, like, that is something I would say in, like, passing and, like, think it was fucking hilarious to myself. And, like, no one would get it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Cool. That's such a good line. Um, and then we see Daphne walking around on the island where she meets the voodoo man who is performing a ritual on a rotisserie chicken. Yeah. And that is a slimy chicken. That chicken is slimy. Yeah, they got that thing wet before that shot. <laughs> Another example how this movie is extremely horny, but beside mm. the point. Yeah. Uh, the voodoo man totally roasts Daphne by saying purple's a fall color. <laughs> it's the middle of May. Dude, how did I know that you were going to pick up on that out of the two of us? <laughs> that was I such a it. funny line. Like, so he just good. roasts Daphne for her fashion choices. Um, I have written here, Voodoo Man is horny. I don't know what caused that line. I'm sure he said something. Oh, Jesus. That made me think that. Um, he tells her not to go into the big spooky castle. Then we have this reverse psychology part that's a little too long. It goes on yeah. a little too long of her explaining, you said not to go in the castle, so I'll go in the castle. Or you're saying to not go in the castle, so I won't go in the castle. It's very weird and long. It goes on for so long. Like... Yeah. The joke is, like, funny in the end for being too long. Like, very Tim and Eric style, but, like, all right, come on. This joke and then a joke later with Scooby and Shaggy that's, like, these are two jokes that are way too long in this movie. Or at least bits that are way too long. Yeah. Um, And then we go back to Scooby, who's going through the forest looking for his hamburgers. And we get our first glimpse of the monster. And I think this is the scene where I was carried out of the theater, according to my dad. I'm pretty sure this scene right here with the monster in the woods is when I got carried out of the theater. Oh, my God. I fully like expected that you did sure. not make it this long. I should have asked oh, no, you I made, the I made it this, of the show. I made it this long. That's what I, from my understanding, I made it this far. And That's then the monster cool. gets thrown onto the roller coaster, and I was carried out at that point. <laughs> so we get our first glimpse of the monsters, which are, like, these weird – I don't know how to describe what they look like because, like – there is I'm, no describer for these monsters. Uh, I mean, the they're very dog-like. Um, they're very dog-like. They're bipedal, and they're probably about 10 feet tall with really long ears and sharp teeth. I mean, if you don't know what these monsters look like in 2020, then that's that's you, that's a you problem. But, like, they're, they're ugly as fuck. <laughs> they're also ugly as hell because they look like they were programmed in 1985 on, like, a the first CGI computer. That's true. And their weakness Terrible. is the same as Edward Cullen's, so. They, yeah, they sparkle in the sunlight. Yeah. Um, and then we get a scene where Shaggy, or Scooby comes running to meet Shaggy. Then they go up to the creepy castle for some reason. I can't remember why. Uh, they meet up with Daphne. And we get a scene that should not make me laugh, but did, where Scooby-Doo is doing karate. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it made me laugh, but I laughed really hard. It's so dumb. <laughs> Um, and then we go inside the spooky castle, which was the hardest level on the Game Boy Advance. Game. That is now two <laughs> podcasts in a row where I mentioned hard levels on Game Boy Advance games. I uh, dude, let the record show. <laughs> we need we need an accompanying podcast for 
the games, the game adaptations for all of these bad movies. Oh, uh, we'll just do like a, a at the end of the show, we'll do a section where I talk about the Game Boy Advance game of these movies. <laughs> okay, there we deal. go. We're set. Deal. Um, then there's like they get into the castle, and this is probably the best set design in the entire movie because this castle looks awesome. Yeah, this is what I was talking about earlier. Whenever we were talking about set design, it is so good and so impressive. Like this, you can kind of tell like most of the budget in this movie probably went into the set design, and <laughs> it went all into this one scene. Yeah, like, and it, I think it paid off. I think, like, maybe the rest of it, yeah, the rest of it didn't necessarily need it. And so, like, for this to be as, like, mm, as well thought out as it was, pretty, pretty great. Uh, and then we get the moment where they all, the entire crew meets back up. Uh, Velma scares the shit out of Daphne with, like, a monster behind her. Yeah. But uh, we get a great line where Daphne goes, or where Velma goes, I just wanted to scare the patootie out of Daphne. What? Like okay, all right. Thanks for that. That's that might be a... left over from the original script, though, because James Gunn also did that interview with Andy Fair that Daphne and Velma have a love scene, like are like in, involved in the original script. Like I didn't want to say this, but like, like dead ass. Like in the middle of watching this last night, I was like, man, this movie, like the. The interactions between Daphne and Velma at a certain point are very like are very like mm, suggestive, like big, big lesbian energy a couple times throughout this movie. Yes, what James Gunn said in the interview is that like the original script had them involved towards the end. Oh, uh, I mean, at this point, that'd be that'd be cool. Mark. But go ahead. Like we're already thirty minutes in the movie and it yeah. flew by. Like yeah. that's two in a row that have been super quick movies. Um, we get a scene that kind of throws off the normal group dynamic of of the Daphne and Fred going together, and then Velma, Scooby, and Shaggy going together. We get a scene with uh, Daphne and Fred, who are or Velma and Fred, who are now walking around the castle searching for clues. We get Fred telling <laughs> Velma that dorky chicks like her turn him on. Oh my god! Which is just like the Coolsville suck line from oh. uh, the second movie. Yeah. Um, at this point, I wonder why the hell Daphne's shirt is so low cut. Cause like it is, you could see her sternum, which yeah. is incredibly low cut for a, P- a PG movie. It was very weird. Um, at this point we have a, a little person who is like sneaking around, turning on shit to scare everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, this ride is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, this ride is terrifying. And I think at a certain point, like they kind of forget that it's like actually a ride. And, like, some of this would probably, like, hurt you really bad, but they're acting like it's life or death. <laughs> and it's yeah, so funny. Yeah, like the funny. sausages. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we get Daphne is stuck, or, yeah, Daphne is stuck on one of the rides. It's, like, taking her through the entire stage thing. Um, Scooby and Shaggy are obviously stuck eating food. Turns out to be plastic food. They get pulled up on walls by these spooky sausages. Uh, Fred and Velma are in a room that's like swinging pendulums which I feel like are going way too slow to worry about yeah that's like, that's where I was like that's where my mind was whenever <laughs> I was saying what I said because like that would hurt you but like effectively what it ends up doing to Fred is like very like alright like I don't necessarily know if that would have happened but oh yeah that like broke his sternum <laughs> <laughs> like Fred's dead <laughs> whenever that thing Fred's fucking dead. hits him Fred's dead. <laughs> yeah yeah, so uh, Velma uh, gives Fred a book. Fred uses the book to like block the pendulum hit against his chest. 
he gets thrown through a glass window, like a, a one-way mirror, and we find this uh, like mystery control room. Yeah. And inside, the entire crew finds a training video where it's this person oh. saying, Welcome to America. I'm speaking English. And we kind of figure out the entire island is doing this like mind control, brainwashing thing on the guest. And then we get this training video explaining how to use modern slang. And yeah. in the training, it's like a sex, it's like a sexual, sexual harassment training video for jobs. <laughs> it really but is. We see, it is. And we see these guys on a set run into each other. And one guy says, sorry, bro. And the other guy responds, no big whoop dog. You catch that vid on the box last night. Don't. Uh, why don't didn't we start that. out the podcast saying, hey, With... did you catch that vid on the box last night? Oh, that's such a great idea. What a fucking missed opportunity. Um, and then we get uh, Daphne on her own. She is like in this weird spooky pyramid thing. She finds this box, and the box—it's like a it's like a pyramid that opens up, called the Damon Ritus. Which she, a- which she somehow knows that's what it's called. I mean, it's implied that she read it on the device, but like, all right, Daphne, who uh, sorry, all right, Velma, who used to work at NASA. Like, I don't know how you knew all these like ancient hieroglyphs, but. Well, don't they, don't they mention that it's called the Damon Ritus when they walk past them when they're in the uh, suits of armor? Oh, shit. Never mind. You're probably right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Sorry, they, they walk past. <laughs> so Daphne finds the pyramid herself. She finds it, and then they all meet up. But after we have a scene of Scooby and Shaggy having a random burp fart fight that goes on for way too Dude, long. Aiden thought this was so fucking funny. Like... <laughs> He thought this was so funny. At this point, he was so invested in the movie that it didn't matter. <laughs> like, oh man, it was so not funny. But man, you know, a three-year-old loves a good fart joke. <laughs> yeah, and this scene is like used again in the second movie, but with the weird like, m- like chemistry items that turn them in, like turns them into a woman, and then to a monster, oh, God. and then to like the Tasmanian devil. Do you remember that in the second one? No, I need to go watch the second one. Oh, dude, the second one's great. Um, and then we get a scene where um, they're all hiding inside pieces of armor and costumes to hide from like the main bad guys of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, I really thought the guy from Indiana Jones was going to chuck that little the little person who was like their assistant guy. Yeah. And then there's a far joke that actually made me laugh of. Uh, I think it might have been Shaggy inside the armor. Yeah, and it farts, sparks. And it actually made me laugh. Yeah, that was a good <laughs> like, bit. That was like, <laughs> that's that one actually sent Aiden into hysterics too. <laughs> and in this part, we learned that the park, the, like, the leaders of the park need the uh, Damon Ritus to do some kind of experiment thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to a point where the crew gets back to the hotel and they find Mr. What's-His-Face in which Fred calls him Mr. Mononucleus, yeah, which is a pretty damn funny scene. That's a good scene. Um, we learn that they have three suspects, Roman, Roman Atkinson's character, Mr. Mononucleus, uh, the voodoo man, and then I think they said the guy from Indiana Jones is their third suspect. Yeah, the, you know, the poor, like, the poor spooky man, he's fine. Like, he was trying to, like, he was probably just trying to marinate a chicken and tell you guys not to go to the castle. But yeah, exactly. for some Voodoo reason, totally fine. Yeah, Daphne, mm, nah, 
Daphne, it ain't, that ain't it. Yeah, uh, Fred tells Mr. Whatever his face is that the only reason he's a suspect is he's creepy. And he's kind of like, he yeah, does. fair, I guess. He's like, yeah, I guess so. You're right. <laughs> it makes sense. Now that we're back to the hotel, the team meets up and decides they're going to officially like join back together and solve the mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what everyone else is doing. I just know that uh, Velma is going to research the Damon, the Damon Wright, Wrightus or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's the only thing we actually like know what they're doing. I'm pretty sure Fred's doing like some surveillance or something. Yeah, I think like I think Fred is asking around. Um I'm of course Scooby and Shaggy are probably just trying to get something to eat. And yeah. Daphne, I'm not so sure. I, I'm like I'm blanking on where she is. But the like the one thing that sticks out to me the most in this is like Velma suddenly gets this love interest with um with one of the fellow islanders and he comes up and then all of a sudden like um they're being eyed by the uh by the bad guy uh, the guy with the tribal tattoos and the bartender just gives them gives Velma and her friend these two drinks and goes it's on the house while the bad guy starts playing piano all right cool then we you you eventually get cut back to Velma at a point, and Velma is like so dr- so drunk that she is unable to stand. So this makes me even more terrified to see what the R-rated version of this movie could have possibly been. Yeah, we get um, before all that though. We get um, them talking as a flashback scene of all of the team in <gasps> the Mystery Machine. That's right. Where uh, Velma's giving like this random dude a backstory on their entire crew, mm-hmm. and we get to see um, Fred rocking the ascot. At this point, I wrote uh, Fred as a bicon because oh, it's true. He knows how, Fred knows how to accessorize. Dude, Fred is like Loki, so hot throughout this <laughs> entire movie. <laughs> Fred is a bicon. Yeah. Um, and we get introduced to Scrappy Doo, one of the worst characters ever put to cartoon film or anything oh, history scrappy do sucks <laughs> um and then we see scrappy give daphne a golden shower or something which is disgusting like scrappy pees all over daphne yeah that that was like whenever this scene happens like i was kind of like oh man i know where this is going and they're gonna kick out scrappy and it's just like oh fuck you kicked out a puppy like you essentially he's just not kicked a out- puppy they well, I know. Away. I know, I know, I know. And like, but like, man, you kick out a puppy for pe- like for peeing on somebody? Like, wow, that's kind of fucked up. And then Velma kind of just like he wasn't a puppy; he had a gland problem. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like it totally. But we also you- get. Go ahead. In the flashback, we also get Fred sh- showing that Scrappy's an asshole and trying to mark his territory. And it's then true. we have Scrappy yell at Fred, "You don't have the scrote for this job." Yeah, what the fuck was that line? <laughs> <laughs> like Just I never thought Fred, no scrot no scrot dude that's the dude that should be the title of this episode dude it's not that terrible hashtag no scrot alright so we got this flashback but before we do that we're gonna take a quick break so I can get a drink and we'll be right back cool welcome back so now that we are out of the flashback we get probably the first big like Scooby Doo chase fight scene 
where Scooby is sitting in the like lobby of the restaurant bar. He sees the monster outside and starts yelling. And then he hides under the table and we get Fred saying, Scooby, this is more embarrassing than the time you cleaned your... He says something, but he's saying cleaned your balls at Don Knotts' Christmas party. Yes. Yeah. Which is just I love the callback to Don Knotts. Yeah, because Don Knotts was in the original cartoon a bunch. Yeah, like multiple times. So we get we get that scene of the monster comes in and then a bunch of them start attacking. Um, one monster grabs Fred, another one grabs Velma, and then one more grabs Mondavarius and mm-hmm. takes them away. We get our first scene of Shaggy yelling, Scooby-Doo, where are you? I think that's one of three times it's said in the film because I have it written down somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then we get our first like classic Scooby-Doo chase of all of them running away on like a on a, a baggage cart. Yeah. Um, we see the monsters are taking everyone away to the ritual site. Uh, Mary Jane joins at some point during this entire fight running scene. And she tells the group they should call the Coast Guard to figure out what to do. So the group calls the Coast Guard because everyone's been taken away except for those four. That's uh, Daphne, Mary Jane, Shaggy, and Scooby. Yeah. And then we get a scene where it seems like the Coast Guard is involved in this entire thing. I don't quite understand that. I don't like, even remember that. Yeah, it's like they call the Coast Guard and they say their friend's been kidnapped. And then the Coast Guard guy turns around to look at his buddy and goes, My friends have all been kidnapped. And he starts laughing. Wait, what? I get, you do not remember. This scene feels I like must a have totally blanked fever on this. dream. Oh my it god. It's so weird. Um, and then we cut to them waiting on the beach, but it's the next morning they'd slept on the beach. And we everything's back together. The uh, building's all fixed. Everything seems all good to go. Um, so they start exploring the island, looking for Fred and Velma and Mondavarius. And then we get the cameo to end all cameos. Shaggy and Scoob find Fred. And he is rocking out with Mark... McGrath and Sugar Ray. Oh, dude. Shout out to Sugar it is Ray, just, man. Shout out to Sugar Ray. They get some shit, but they don't deserve it because Sugar Ray fucking slaps. Dude, Sugar Ray fucks, man. Like, oh, man. Shout out to the early 2000s, man. Ah, let's just go back and I'll wear puka shell necklaces. Oh, hell yes. I'll God. wear some flip flops and puka shells. Dead ass, dude. Some, uh, what, some Birkenstocks. Oh, yeah, man. I'll <laughs> do that now. I'll, dude, let me go get my Oakleys, bro. <laughs> um, and then we get a scene with uh, Daphne looking around the island. She runs in the luchador, and the luchador grabs her and goes, Aha, damsel in distress. <laughs> Such a, a weird scene. Like, all right, I uh, guess you put the luchador to use. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And then uh, Scooby and Shaggy are getting chased by Sugar Ray and Fred and a big group of people. Um, they get into this... Uh, like uh, barn that has a bunch of ATVs, like the Jurassic Park uh, Jeeps. And Scooby and Shaggy start a big ATV chase. But hey, they're wearing helmets because Scooby-Doo promotes public safety. Yeah. Um, they run into Mary Jane saying that she, her friend Beth Ann isn't safe or isn't the same as she was. I don't know why they chose the name Beth Ann. Yeah, it's what kind a of name. A, it's kind of a weird one. Yeah. So then Shaggy and Scooby and Mary Jane are all riding away on their ATVs. Mary Jane gets whipped by a um, siren on my end, in case you can hear that. 
Oh, wow. Mary Jane gets whipped by a uh, tree branch, and her face just gets fucked. Like, her face is completely <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah, she gets hard. Whoa. So Scooby... Oh, no. So Scoob- <laughs> oh, no. So Scooby is uh, now knows that Mary Jane's a monster, but Shaggy won't believe him. So they pull over at the ritual site, and Scooby and Shaggy get into a fight. Uh, Scooby tells Shaggy that he's whipped and that his mother eats cat poop. That's kind of a, a funny scene that you can't understand unless you have subtitles on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like it's just like gibberish with subtitles on. Yeah, and like uh, Scooby... the lesson learned from this is to always trust your friends. Yeah. Exactly. Always trust your bros, bros. Bros you know? before monsters. <laughs> yeah. And then uh Scooby gets like dropped down this hole into a cave. Shaggy uh totally misses Mary Jane yelling, No Shaggy, in a man voice. And then so Shaggy ends up diving down to save Scooby because Shaggy's a fucking G. Eat truly. Um and now we're in the cave from the outsider. Which is a joke. <laughs> some of our some of our crew might understand, I don't know. Maybe. Um and then we get another Scooby Doo, where are you? Once Shaggy is inside uh the cave looking for Scoob. I don't know if they've explained that Scooby gets taken or not. I can't remember. I don't think so. But we, we learned Scooby's gotten taken by the group later on. Yeah. Um, Shaggy comes across this pool of protoplasm, which they never explain. They just kind of say protoplasm a bunch. Yeah. Which is just like, it's like the souls of everyone on the island. It's this big circular bowl full of souls. Uh, Shaggy grabs one and it's, I think he grabs Fred first. I mean, no, he yeah. grabs Belma first. Yes, he and does. he lets Velma go. She goes back. Then he finds um, Daphne, pulls her out, lets her go. And at this point, we see uh, Velma get hit with her soul. And she's outside of like an area. The monster pops out and we see the sun. The sun is what defeats the monster because the monster explodes into a array of sparks. Yeah. Um, and then we go back to the protoplasm when Shaggy grabs Fred out. And Fred's having a bad trip, man. <laughs> Fred's freaking out. <laughs> you think someone spiked his root beer? He's having a bad trip. I don't know he's why. Having that Shaggy talk me. him down. He's like, Shaggy, you gotta talk me down, man. You gotta talk me down. Oh my god. Um, so then he bounces Fred back. And at this point now we're back in like this building where all of the brainwashed monsters are. Mm-hmm. Velma pulls Daphne into a room separately, and we see a protoplasm go inside of Daphne. So she, the monster that was inside of her, comes out. Velma defeats it, and then we figure out we have a freak, a Freaky Friday situation because now Fred is inside of Daphne. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get a line where Fred goes, "I can look at myself naked," and I was like, again. This movie is so fucking horny. <laughs> this movie, man, like I remember seeing that as a kid, and I remember I remember that line, and just like I thought it was funny, like as like a five or six year old, I was like, ah, oh, ha, ha, you know, ah, oh, girls are naked. But like, man, this is this is a lot more erotic than yeah, than yeah, <laughs> I yeah, it is. Um, and then we get some more body swapping hijinks. Um, for some reason, every girl in the movie now on to the end wearing like a very low cut shirt like yeah. even Velma who always wears a sweater is wearing a very like I understand it's an island in May 
But like, well, wow. well, yeah, I think it it, it, tec- it technically makes sense if like because she does change back, but it technically makes sense um, in this context because like they're being replaced by these like these monsters, and everyone is like everyone is trying to dress more hip. And like you know, oh, change yeah, the way yeah, they yeah. talk and stuff. So it makes sense for her to have like that outfit change. But like once everything gets back to normal, her you know her outfit's back. It's just like really weird for like the five minutes that we see it. Yeah, and then we get a scene where um, they take the uh, Damon Ritus and use it to body swap themselves back mm-hmm. to how, they- which is kind of a cool fun scene just to watch them all change at one point. <laughs> Uh, Shaggy or Velma becomes Shaggy or Shaggy becomes Velma which and becomes is, Daphne as well and it goes Daphne do you ever eat which is like <laughs> oh Daphne is anorexic oh, kind of sad it's so kind of sad it kind of was sad um, if we have that body swapping scene for a couple seconds it's pretty cool um, and then we get to see my man the voodoo man again yeah he's got a dead Arnuki beast trying to protect himself that's <laughs> yeah. a pretty funny scene that is a good scene um, and then we learn that um mononucleus and his crew need a pure soul to uh, unleash the monsters into the real world yeah we find out that scooby-doo is that pure soul and they're treating him as like a god um, and we get a scene yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> sacrifice saying sacrifice not really what it means it's really pretty funny <laughs> um and then we get the gang finally back together they put their hands in the center and cheer and then Velma goes let's get jinky with it which right. is a great line <laughs> that might be one of the first time like I think they a couple times in the movie they use their like their lines yeah that's the first time I've been like actually like yeah, out the, the only open, recurring like, one jinkies yeah the only recurring one is um Scooby-Doo where are you which I think fits yeah like I was like that's pretty every, cool it's cool every time it happens I'm like okay yeah like y'all are still like sticking pretty true to the cartoon, which is nice. And then we get a dope 2000s planning montage where they're trying to get all of their uh, ideas together to defeat these monsters inside the ritual cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're using the cool skull disco ball to uh, defeat the monsters. Um, while they're doing this, one of the bad guys comes into the and they murder that man. That man is destroyed. Dead. Um, they use him to give Shaggy a ritual costume. We get into the ritual, the actual ritual time, mm-hmm. and Shaggy's dancing and knocks the guy out a few more times, giving him probably extensive brain damage. I'd imagine. Oh my god! That man he's, took many. He's never going to be the head. same. It's crazy. Um, did my feed just go out? No, you're good. Can you hear me? There we go. That was weird. Yeah, you're good. Uh, we'll cut there. That's fine. Um, and then we have um, the ritual time begins. They give blunt force trauma to this poor man. <laughs> this man hits his head <laughs> hard on that wall. Um, and then we get the entire crew together as the uh, monster people are all joining in their dancing. Uh, Fred and Velma try to join in, and then we get a weird slide reference. Oh, Fred God, yeah, because Fred just keeps going with the bit for, like, way too long, and he's like, it's electric. Yeah. Mm. Like, and then yeah. uh, Bondavarius realizes what's going on, and 
takes them. Uh, we see them bring Scooby out on a like uh, Egyptian uh, Egyptian thing. There's That's like a real cool. yeah. There's a real word for that that we don't know. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I don't know. Um, he finds out that Shaggy's one of the guys carrying him away to like save him. Then they kill Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, you fucking nuke Scooby. <laughs> like, what's new, Scooby Doo? Like, no, you're fucking dead. Is what's new? Yeah, they like, take Scooby's soul out, and Scooby's zonks. Like, Scooby is gone. Yeah, in cold blood. They take his soul dead. out, and he drops. <laughs> yeah. Um, we see Mondavarius using the uh, Damon Ritus to absorb Scooby Doo through his chest. Yeah, which is kind of a cool. It's a cool thing. I mean, it's yeah, two thousands. Sure. Better than a portal in the sky. Um, so he's pulling those through his chest. Uh, Shaggy rescues Scooby and knocks Mondavarius over. Mondavarius gets ganked, I guess, is the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is the best way to put that. Uh, Scooby-Doo comes back to life. And then we see Mondavarius laying on the ground. And you can tell it's a mask. He's wearing a mask. So mm. they pull it off to reveal it's a robot. It's a fucking robot the whole time Mondavari's been a robot this entire time but wait that's not all Mondavarius is scrappy fucking do oh puppy power <laughs> it's like the scene in Men in Black where the monster is hiding inside the man oh it's exactly or the aliens like hiding inside that guy yeah he's like a uh, like a cockroach controlling the uh, controlling yeah. the body yeah and, uh, Scrappy Doo comes flying out, ready to fight. How did they fit Scrappy into that robot? For one, because Scrappy may be tiny, but he's not that tiny. No, he's not. Like he must have been like a thick, thick robot. <laughs> two C's, thick robot. Yeah, he's yeah. got two at least. Dense. Uh, Scrappy comes flying out of the body. He becomes like. He, so it turns out he was using the. The, the souls to make himself a big scrappy rex is the way the the wikipedia describes him as scrappy rex <laughs> uh, okay. yeah yeah the voice cast here says jp minnow as the voice of scrappy rex okay maybe that's what so james scrappy gunn wrote like in the this, script i don't know yeah so scrappy becomes this big monster uh and while this is happening i forgot to mention like daphne's fighting the luchador like in a w yeah, like, she's, like, straight up, like, whooping his ass. And it's all in slow motion, which is kind of weird. Yeah. And she hits him with that finisher, uh, but we'll get there. Yeah, so that happens. And then somehow Scrappy becomes small again. Oh, uh, no, at this point, he's chasing them around, and Mary Jane finds Shaggy. Yeah. And um, Mary Jane knocks out Shaggy. As Scooby tries to run away. And while this is happening, Daphne's still fighting the Luchador. This entire scene is a big jumbled editing mess. Yeah. They they My weren't notes very are consistent. all screwed up because it's a big editing mess. Yeah. So while this is all happening, we get MXPX's cover of the Scooby Doo theme, which is cool. <laughs> like um, this whole thing, and we missed the simple plan call out earlier, by the way. Oh, that, yeah, that's in the that's in the that's in the uh the animated series on Netflix. Oh, is it's it? It's a simple plan cover. Yeah. Oh, okay. We do the, the cartoon has a simple plan oh, playing so cool. the theme song. Okay. So while Mary Jane is attacking Shaggy, 
Daphne is getting destroyed by this luchador. Like he has her like in the Bane backbreaker stance. Mm-hmm. Daphne flies out of that, knocks him down onto like a um a well, I guess. A vent. Yeah, and ask him who's the damsel in distress, and he responds, "Me." Which is <laughs> pretty funny. To which she proceeds to like grab the rope, like I mean, in you know, in her defense, luchador style, jump over and kick his ass <laughs> down through the vent and flip back over. Which is probably like one of the coolest fight sequences, like oh yeah, in most movies. <laughs> Though, so like, she does that. That releases the sunlight down onto the cave. So at that moment, the souls all go back to their own bodies. The monsters all pop out. And then the sunlight from the luchador falling releases the sunlight and kills all the monsters. Mm-hmm. It's a very quick, it's a very quick moment. Yeah. They didn't waste a lot uh, of time. No, they did not. This with, is a very like, they really wrap really fast. Yeah, which I think is I think works because like I think like the I mean like I said before, like the heart of this movie is Scooby and Shaggy. And so like we don't like Scooby Doo doesn't need like this giant like final boss moment like in the end of a movie. Like I think I think the whole like the whole I guess like last leg of like this climax was like very uh, it's a it's an editing mess like you said but it doesn't overstay its welcome like it was over just as fast as it started like they got in they got out and it doesn't waste any time because this movie this movie's emphasis seems to be a lot more on their relationships than like some like overarching mystery and i think it sticks pretty hard to that yeah uh shaggy or scooby tells scrappy that he's a bad puppy bad puppy and then he, he gets knocked down and that's the that's it for the cave battle. We then cut to um, Daphne and Fred kiss at some point in that scene. Yeah, cool. We find out the actual Mondavarius was hidden inside a trap door down in the cave. Yeah, and he comes so out looking true. like Jesus for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mondavarius comes out with a beard and long hair, saying that Scrappy locked him down there. Mm-hmm. Um, we then get a scene where it's the news reporters coming out to interview Mystery Inc. at the island. Wait, Fred wait a starts second. to be a pompous. What I miss? <laughs> you missed the part where Mary Jane and Shaggy and Scoob are all like sitting together, and Mary Jane uh, does a sneeze, and then they're like, "Oh man, she's still allergic to dogs." And then she calls Scooby her schnooky wookums, and I'm like, "Hey, that's she your." Does. I was like, "That's your bro, Shaggy. You better, you better watch her." I dude. forgot she did that. Like your she girl totally needs to him. back off your bro, dude. Like, mm, no, that's not okay. I forgot about that. No, yeah, that's his. So... That's his best friend. Not that's his D A W G, not his D O G. Mary yeah, Jane, so back have a, the fuck off. Might have a, a love triangle between Mary Jane, Scooby, and Shaggy. Jesus, I hope not. <laughs> and then we see now on top of the island, Fred is giving an interview. We think he's going to do an asshole thing of saying it was all him. Mm-hmm. Then he tosses it over to Velma to explain what actually went down. Hell yeah. We see them putting Scrappy inside of a helicopter. Scrappy almost calls them sons of bitches, but the door <laughs> cuts right before he can say bitches. Yeah, which like, I don't I think is get... worse than him saying scrote about halfway through. Yeah, the movie. yeah, they must have done that to like keep the PG rating because like yeah, they must have been like round the line. 
Um, yeah. And that's the end of the movie. Like, we get a little bit of a Scooby and Shaggy all-you-can-eat buffet scene that's not very funny. Yeah, no. I mean, it's just kind of there. Like, yeah, it's just kind of like... Yeah, post-credit scene. Yeah, it's just kind of like, oh, you did you want some more Scooby and Shaggy? We'll give it to you. Like, it it's not doing a lot. But, like, I want to, like... Velma is the unsung hero of this movie, for sure. Like, I think, like, Scooby and Shaggy, like, remain, like, the heart of this movie. But Velma is the underdog, like, the whole way through. And she's the one who... She's the one who I think is, like, done the most dirty by Fred because she's the one who always has the plan. And I think, like, I think, like, that's something that, like, we can all gather, like, watching the cartoons, you know, even back in the day. And you can see that, like, well, no, like, Velma's the one fucking carrying this, like, she's the one, like, carrying this show. But Fred, like, Fred, just because, like, he's, like, the leader, he's the one who gets all the credit. And I think they double down in this movie and make it even better because Velma actually stands up for herself and gets what she deserves along 100%. with Daphne as well. Yeah. Daphne has a pretty good character arc for not being a damsel in distress anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the end of the movie. Um, what are kind of your closing thoughts on the movie? Morgan? Yeah. Like I said, I think like, I think Velma, um, I think Velma does a, they do a really good job with Velma and her, her entire arc and, that being like resolved and also you know also with Daphne and Fred too like Daphne is always worried about like com- coming off as the damsel and she wants to feel empowered and powerful as well and they resolve that by the end of it and I think like I think this movie does a really good job I'm getting a little bit too like heady about Scooby-Doo but like <laughs> I think I think like this movie like takes all those Scooby-Doo tropes and like makes them the focus and makes them important and resolves all of them and fixes all of them throughout the movie. And they didn't fix it in the sense of like, uh, where most people nowadays would complain about, um, like complain, like complain how they did about Jasmine in the new Aladdin, you know, like, um, where like in the new Aladdin, Jasmine feels empowered the whole way through. And she's seeking that empowerment the whole way through because it's justified. Whereas Scooby-Doo, these, like, these two women are, like, very, um, they're very, like, put down, and they do deserve better, and they fight for what's better, and by the end of the movie, that's resolved, and they get what they deserve, and Fred, like, you know, Fred, like, he takes a step back, and, like, he doesn't suck by the end of it, Scooby and Shaggy, like, I mean, they stay consistent the whole way through, because the movie's not really, you know, about them, I think this movie's a, I think it's a really good movie, I mean, like I said earlier, I think it was a terrible pick for our show, but like I think it's such a good movie to talk about. Like, it's if this movie is genuinely not that terrible, I wouldn't even say it's terrible. Like, you can like, you can go back and watch it in twenty twenty, and you can dunk on like how bad the CG looks. But like, you know, I can go back and like dunk on a lot of like really beloved things, like and how the CG looks, or even how like practical effect effects look in most older films. But this movie is very good and. Yeah, um, I agree 100. It's such a good, it's such a fun movie. Yeah, and like I think it's the epi- it's the epitome of like our our title. It's not that terrible because it's shit on in the reviews, but it's a good movie. Yeah, see, and I think you're yeah, I think you're totally right. Like, 
as far as like me, like me saying, I think it's a bad fit for a show. I just mean that in the sense that like, I can't roast it. Like I want to make fun of this thing so bad, but I can't like the movie does such a good job of like doing that for you that you don't even have to like, all you have to do is like, Oh yeah. You remember Scooby-Doo? Like we're going to make fun of it for you. And we're going to like turn it on its head and make something that like everyone can enjoy and make something that like, is very, I mean, this movie is largely very progressive, you know, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Yes, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's a very good movie. I like if you all didn't watch this, like, uh, in the week coming up to this, like, I recommend, like, watching it again, like, going back and watching it even after we just spoiled the entire shit out of it for you. Um, because <laughs> it's, it's genuinely very good. But what about you, Zach? What is your, like, what are your whole thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, my thoughts aren't near as deep as yours, but I fucking <laughs> love this movie. It is such a great movie. It's just so fun. The cast is incredible. I love this cast. Like, it's probably my favorite rendition of the gang yeah. that I've ever seen. And being such a big Scooby-Doo guy, it's just a great, fun movie. Yeah. I do think it's it's kind of against its own when it has, like, the monsters be actual monsters. Yeah. That's not that's not Scooby-Doo. That's not what Scooby-Doo is. But I still think it's a great – it has that same heart, and it feels like a Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah. And I think – But, like, yeah, I – I think, like, in similar, like, I guess to counter that argument, I was like, in, I mean, there have been plenty of, like, times in the cartoon as well whenever they've had to actually, like, I mean, look at Witch's Ghost or, you know, oh, Zombie yeah. Island and stuff like that. Like, the Hex Girls. <laughs> the Hex Girls. Bless. <laughs> Bless the Hex <laughs> Girls, y'all. But, but, yeah, like, this movie's so good. I'm, like, and I'm so glad that we both came away feeling, like, very, very much the same on it because. I'm glad that you're so close to it and a lot closer to it than I am. Um, even though, even though your dad had to pull you out of the theater when you were a kid. God, man, that is, I'll never live that down for my parents. I'll never live that down. That's so good. But yeah, this movie is very good. Well guys, that does it for this week's episode of it's not that terrible. Um, I might cut this cause we didn't talk about next week's movie. No, we totally didn't. What do you want to do next week? (laughs) Um, shoot wow do you want to you want to just tweet it out later when we figure it out because i can't think yeah we'll tweet it out later let's give this a buffer and we'll just we'll announce it later yeah yeah okay so i'm gonna do that outro again (laughs) okay all right guys that does it for this week's episode of it's not that terrible we did not think ahead and think of another movie for next week so pay attention to our twitter our twitter feeds um at y-r-o-k-a-z underscore n-w-o-r-b at INTT pod and Morgan, what is your Twitter? <laughs> My Twitter is uh, at Pilsy Nagram, P I L S Y H N A G R O M. So, yeah, just keep attention to those. We'll tweet out when our next film is decided because we did not think that far ahead. And honestly, but, guys, if y'all have like, if y'all have any suggestions, shoot them at us. You know, I mean, we'll we'll pick whatever we ended up like this like what we feel the most comfortable with but like if you guys have suggestions we'd be we'd love to hear them too absolutely and we are now officially on spotify google podcast mm. anchor mm. itunes mm. and i think that's it right pocket cast as well pocket cast as well yeah so, so if you please use pocket check cast. us out on those yeah and i uh, honestly leave- i prefer pocket cast a whole lot i'm just uh, uh hashtag not sponsored but I use Pocket Cast a ton. I think you can pay like a of like I think it's like a dollar ninety nine for the app, but like it's very great. You can customize your own playlists on there. It's very user friendly. Um, 
pretty much everybody's on there. Uh, if you want to check it out, you totally can. And if you guys have any podcast services that you use that maybe we didn't list today, uh, shoot us a DM, add us on Twitter or whatever. Let us know, and we'll get it submitted there too. And definitely leave a comment or a rating on iTunes or Spotify or whatever you guys want to do just to give us some feedback because yeah. we're new to this game and we want to make what's best for you guys. Yeah, for sure. And whatever you guys want to see on the show, let us know. Um, leave us a review. Um, preferably a, a good one. If you have any yeah. actual criticism, shoot us a message. Cause, uh, yeah, don't be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a bitch. Like just, <laughs> just shoot us a message. If we fuck something up, I'll totally be glad to, uh, be glad to fix it. Yeah. And that is this week, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks guys.